The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Ross, we're brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo. $57 to the SGPN merch store as a gift card for every bingo hit. And Ross, we're brought to you by SGPN's 57 Bets Challenge. $570 cash and a $570 gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all of our contests exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, February 9th. It is currently 11.04 on the East Coast, and it has been an interesting and exciting and a chaotic past 24 hours, or actually maybe 12 hours, in the association. We'll get to all the trades We'll also get to the games here tonight in the association. Uh, but joining me here on the Thursday episode to help break everything down that's going on in the association. You guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you feeling? Uh, I feel fine. Uh, I woke up about 10 minutes ago. Did I miss something? Something happened? You know what? The funny part is I went to bed around midnight local time, and then six minutes later, the news of Kevin Durant comes down, and, I, and I'm and i kicking myself because I didn't get down on some more uh, futures, but we'll get into that here. But yeah, it's uh, I think you missed a huge trade, the Jakob Pertle staying in Toronto last I thought week. you meant Josh Hart going <laughs> to the Knicks. That's what I thought I you wanted were talking to, yeah, about. Pick your, pick your poison there. Yeah, but yeah, it's kind of a weird situation because as most people know, I'm usually up until about 3, 4 a.m. Uh, yeah. The only time I actually went to bed early, I missed the biggest trade in, I don't know, trade deadline history. I don't know if you want to make an argument that it could be up there. We're going to break it down, of course, more in depth, but as a Nets fan, it's definitely a Weird feeling. I can understand why they did it. Once again, we'll save our opinions for that actual part of the show. But it seemed like with the whole Kyrie and KD fiasco or duo, however you want to phrase it, and the fact that KD has been battling a bunch of injuries the last couple of years, the Nets just had enough and they just decided it was time to move on. But once again, definitely a weird time when your team goes all in and now you're suddenly tanking or you're borderline tanking or we'll see. But Definitely a huge shock to the NBA landscape over the last 12 hours. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all of it here in a minute or so. But also joining us, I'm not sure if he has the Phoenix Suns future tickets, but he's changed his name officially to Suns in six. It's Delonte Smith. Delonte, what's going on, my man? What's up, man? Hey, you remember we did a show. Uh, I think it was only like one game. Uh like back in maybe like a month and a half, two months ago, mm-hmm. and I was talking about the Suns. I, I got I bet their win total under coming into the season, but whenever book went out, I bet them to win. Um, I bet them to win the West and to win the Pacific. I didn't get ti- I didn't get titles simply because I mean obviously we don't know. Um, we didn't know the extremity of you know the stuff that was going on in Brooklyn, but mm-hmm. I, I am heavily invested in in the Suns uh, winning the Pacific and winning the West. So yeah, man, I'm a big KD fan. 
Um, anybody that knows me knows I, I love KD. Um, I mean, obviously we're gonna get into to what that means for the Suns and everything, but I think it's a great move by that by that owner. He he wants to win now. I don't blame him. I mean, with the the current slate state of the West and and what's going on, I mean, you got to swing for the fences. So yeah, man. Other than that. Uh, looking forward to breaking down some of these moves and uh, getting on the right side of some of these games, if anybody's going to be betting any of these games, I guess. Yeah, we had uh, two big trades uh, uh, last night between the Jazz, the Lakers, and the Wolves, and then obviously the Kevin Durant news this morning. We'll get into all of it. Um, So let's just start there with the trades. We'll we'll cover the minor ones here real quick. Um, We had uh, Yaka Pertl staying in uh, Toronto last night, the Suns, sorry, the uh, Spurs and the Raptors played last night. Uh, now they go out and uh, trade for Jakob Pertl. I'm not going to get into the trade details, but I mean, I think there was a point where I think he's still undersized is Jakob Pertl, but I, I, at a point they had to make some type of move to get a guy uh, in Toronto. They're in their front court and they go out and, and get Jakob Pertl from the Spurs. Uh, trade picks going back, I think it was a one first round uh, draft pick. Uh, for for hurdle and also I think it was two second round picks if I'm not mistaken and Kim Birch so yeah Kim Birch a protected 2024 first round draft pick and two future second round picks in return uh, for Jakob Hurdle. Um, any thoughts on that, Delante? I'll start with you. If if anything, any reaction from that? Oh, uh, I mean, not really. Honestly, I thought that um, Pirtle would you know want to go to a contender. Uh, it's a couple of teams that need big men. Um, I was just surprised. I mean, I guess Toronto, that's signaling that Toronto is maybe not trading some of those guys. They're going to try to make a push for the um, the play-in or whatever. I mean, I'm just confused as to what Toronto wants to do and what they're going to do. Because all signs were saying that, you know, those three guys, OG, uh, Pascal, and – well, OG, Pascal, Trent, and Fred Van Vliet were all on the block. So – I'm not sure what what they're doing. I mean, I like Pirtle as a big man, underrated defender. Uh, like you said, he is undersized. But I think some of the things that he does is very Andrew Bogut-esque in, in a sense. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, I mean, I like Pirtle. I, I don't know about his move to Toronto or I don't really get it as much. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about it other than that. Scott, any thoughts on uh, Jakob Pirtle into Toronto? Yeah, I just don't get it. For Toronto, we've been talking about this team was supposed to trade basically half the roster how they should. Siakam's been linked to a bunch of places, and Anobi's the main piece, of course, that people are talking about. Van Vliet, we both we all think are is going to get traded because of his contract and how I doubt Toronto is going to give him an extension. So they trade for a center. They gave up a first round pick. I know it's protected and all, but they gave up a first round pick and future assets for a center when you're trying to trade the main core of your team. I, I don't I don't understand this at all. Like Boston, I get because Boston's trying to win a title now. They need mm-hmm. a center. No offense to uh, I don't even know what to call that contesting by Cornette, but no offense to him. Uh, they want an actual center there as a backup option. The point is, I still think you're looking at a where you're looking at a situation where Boston kind of needed something and they still do because they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why Toronto was in the running. Yeah, Pirtle yeah. was a guy who was in the wasn't he in the quad trade initially? Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, Toronto yeah. brought him back in yeah. a reunion, but that doesn't change the fact they still have to trade most of the key pieces of their team. So I don't understand this at all for Toronto's Indeed. perspective. San Antonio Indeed. got what they wanted. They got a first round pick and whatever. I just mm-hmm. don't get it for Toronto. This doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I really didn't have much of a takeaway. I still expect Fred Van Lee to be traded by the end of the trade deadline here around what I think it's the three or four Eastern time. Uh, the am, other trade, am, I, am I missing something for Toronto? Because I, I, I don't get this. I, I had the same, had the same expanded move. I, I don't know either. I, I know. Yeah. I know we, we, we've been talking about that. I think the only untouchable piece right now on the Toronto Raptors was probably Scotty Barnes. We heard, you know, Pascal Siakam's name. We also heard, obviously, Fred Van Vliet, LG Ananobi, all in trade rumors. Even Gary Trent's name has gotten mentioned. That's yeah, why I don't right. understand any of this. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe their victory last night to, hey, against the Spurs, against one of the worst teams that maybe we can do it. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that's a bit of a head scratcher. Maybe there are more moves coming here for the Toronto Raptors. We'll we'll, uh, we'll see. Hopefully something, maybe something transpires as we record this episode. Um, also, last night, we also did see Josh Hart. Uh, go from the Portland Trailblazers to the New York Knicks. It was funny because he, it was there's a um, the reporters that were at the game or the beat reporters that he was warming up for the Blazers mm-hmm. game against the Warriors, and he gets pulled. And he's you know I think that's when he got the news that uh, he was being traded to the New York Knicks. Um, the official trade for um, Josh Hart going to the New York Knicks is going to be uh, Cam Reddish and a protected future first round pick in return to the uh, Portland Trailblazers. I still don't get what the infatuation is with Cam Reddish. I mean, the guys have been bouncing around from team to team. Still, he hasn't been able to find a home. Or but did you see his high school time. scoring numbers? <laughs> I did. I did, and, I, and I'm kind of scratching my head to see what happened. Um, I mean, he was pretty good at Duke as well, but I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, so you say he was pretty Scott good. I, I think most Duke fans hated him, to be honest. Uh, when he was over there, yeah, he was okay as a shooter. He was always yeah. the third guy after uh, Zion and Barrett, but. Didn't people hate Reddish because he also was injured, but people thought he quit on Duke on an, in a in a tournament game and everyone yeah, kind of turned he, on him. He, he was kind of like he was kind of like uh, not performing as well because maybe some like criticism was was on them. Obviously, that's one of the more critiqued Duke teams um, in re- yeah. in recent history. So. Uh, he was getting a lot of the blame because, I mean, Zion and, and RJ were, were producing. I mean, and that team didn't have much outside of those three, which, I mean, obviously you don't need as much in college. But, yeah, some some games he was like – he would say, oh, I got a cramp, I can't go back in, or mm-hmm. uh, like I, I got a migraine, I can't play, like on, on some like not being able to, to perform to his level. So that's what the I The point think. is he hasn't been that great or consistent since high school. That's the yeah. point I'm trying to make. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I get it. Um, all right, so let's get over to the other two big trades that went down yesterday. We'll start with the big three-team deal between the Utah Jazz, the L.A. Lakers, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I'll quickly recap the trade, and then we'll just go from team to team on what it means for them. Uh, so the trade ended up being Russell Westbrook, obviously the center of the deal. He heads over to Utah uh, where I think most of us and I think the reports are coming out that he will more than, more than likely get bought out by the Utah Jazz and be able to f- be able to uh, sign with any other team. But uh, for the trade purposes, Utah Jazz received Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and a 2027 first round pick from the L.A. Lakers. Um, Minnesota received a Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander Walker, a 2024 second round pick swap a 2025 second round pick and a 2026 second round pick. And the Los Angeles Lakers received D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley and Jared Allen. 
I think there's been people that have been on the fence about what Wait, you mean. You mean Vanderbilt? I'm sorry. Yeah. What did I say? You said you said Allen. Oh, sorry, Jared. Jared. They Vanderbilt. wish they I'm got sorry. Jared Allen. <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt. I'm sorry uh, for the LA Lakers. I, I think that there's, it's kind of been head scratching for some people or, or fans about what Minnesota kind of received in return for Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt being traded away um, in this trade. But Scott, let me start with you on Minnesota's compensation here, because we talked about, there was a lot of talk of, you know, D'Lo being the guy that was going to be the odd man out that they want to build around, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and obviously Rudy Gobert. Uh, they do get a point guard here. I mean, he is he is up there in age now, but I, I think this is probably a good fit right now for Minnesota. But Minnesota, I don't feel like it's not going to be a team that's going to be going anywhere in the next couple of years. But what are your kind of your reaction, at least from the Minnesota part of the of the trade here? From what I can tell from the last, I don't even know, what is it, eight months or so since the Gobert trade, the Timberwolves front office is just skyrocketing down on my leaderboards for uh, best or worst front offices. They're awful. Like, this is easily a bottom five front office. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. And I'm not a big D-Lo guy. I've mentioned it several times before. I know he's good offensively. Defensively, he's not great. And if you look at his overall net ratings every year, He's not a winning basketball player. That's been proven based on his overall offensive efficiency numbers to his defense efficiency numbers. He's always a negative player. He always has been. It's not that negative, but still. The point is, I think he's a very good microwave scorer who, if he's playing 30-plus minutes for you, you're probably not winning many games, if I'm just being honest, or you're not going to be a serious contender. So I understand why Minnesota got rid of him. However, I don't understand why you'd pick up a post-prime Mike Conley who, for the most part, is supposed to be a floor general, but you want the ball in Edwards' hands all the time. So I don't really know what Conley's role is on this team. Did you just trade D'Angelo Russell for basically a veteran three-point spot-up shooter who can give you a little bit of defense? Plus, Conley's had some injury issues the last couple of years anyway. I don't understand the trade at all for Minnesota. I think you could have gotten a lot more for Russell because at least Russell puts up big scoring numbers, and I figured one team would try to trade for him just as a bench option, kind of like what the Lakers did. They got D'Angelo Russell because they're going to give him 25-something minutes with the bench unit and say, give me 18 points in 25 minutes. Give me something, and you can run the second unit. I feel like there's value there. Picking up a post-prime Mike Connolly because he has chemistry with Gobert doesn't do anything for me. I don't, not, I don't understand this trade at all for Minnesota, and I didn't even mention the – Utah piece of it, and don't get me wrong, I like Danny Ainge as a GM. We know that he's willing to pull the trigger and really fleece teams on occasion. However, I don't get this trade for Utah either. Now, I understand you picked up an extra first-round pick. Congratulations. You now have about 500 of those. But I don't get why you'd volunteer Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt when they're two of the best role players in the league and you didn't really get anything back in return. It really felt like the Timberwolves and the Jazz just gave the Lakers just an escape route for no reason. And I'm really confused what either team was thinking there. I understand maybe Utah could argue we wanted to get out of the Connolly contract and we mm. wanted to get some cap space. But what's the point of cap space if no free agent will ever want to take their talents to Utah? Like, what are you accomplishing? You think you're going to be able to persuade like Kyrie in the offseason to go, of course not. Nobody's going to want to go to Utah. 
Hey, man, you never know what Kyrie. Us for you. I don't get it for Utah. I don't really get it for Minnesota. I give the Lakers an A. I mean, how am I supposed to criticize anything the Lakers did in this trade? Yeah. They got exactly what they needed, and they didn't give up much. Yeah, I think for Minnesota, for me, what uh, as much as I, I, I think the Conley addition is decent, but you have to net at least a first-round pick in return for what you gave up in Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, like you mentioned, because they that are has two, to be worth at least one first round pick. Combined. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Right. And I, I think that for, for Utah, I get it. Yeah. You get the cap space, but uh, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a, it's Who a league where signing with that cap space, who's yeah, lining it, up to sign with Utah. Yeah, I get it. But I think that at the same time, like you, it's, it's just another, I guess, a weapon in your, in your, for your organization that you do have cap space, you have, you have the draft capital, right? And eventually maybe somebody wants to go there. Eventually they draft someone that turns out to be, you know, a great building block for them. So I, we'll see how they kind of handle that. Again, you, like you mentioned, I think they have like what 15 first round picks now, like with uh, the Oklahoma city thunder do now, uh, obviously the Russell Westbrook that will probably get bought out uh, from Utah. I think there's already rumblings that uh, the Clippers are interested in Russell Westbrook. Along with um, Chicago's the Chicago Bulls, yeah, Chicago Bulls as well. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, as well for Russell Westbrook. Um, Delante, if you have any thoughts on Minnesota's compensation in this in this trade, and also Utah, then we'll talk about the, how uh, the Lakers really just blew this one out of the water and, and got an A plus for this trade. Yeah, uh, Minnesota. I think you guys pretty much hit on it. Um, the only thing that, like, I'm. I think that Conley is in there, you know, to be an adult to to Anthony Edwards. I think that's the main reason that he wants to do. He they want him in there. They want him to to be more, um, I guess, more of a quote unquote big brother to to Anthony to uh, Anthony Edwards to get him, mm-hmm. you know, more focused in. And he's also going to probably try to get Anthony uh, Edwards to play more off ball. You know, I mean, he's not the best off ball um, person right now to or player right now to be able to to do those things. But with Conley, if he's healthy, I mean, you know, Scott touched on it. He hasn't been as healthy uh, in the past two or three years as he's been early on in his career. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't love it. I mean, I don't hate it either. I just think that it's just more so saying, okay, Anthony Edwards, this is your team. I guess maybe go, going down the line, we'll try to build something. But as of right now, like it doesn't do anything for me right now. But other than, you know, maybe making Anthony Edwards the – primary like stroking his ego making him the primary yeah. guy um but other than that not not much um as far yeah. as the only thing i mean him and gobert i mean they i mean they had what they had in, in uh in utah and i mean it's not gonna make gobert better uh it's not gonna make him be able to defend the pick and roll any better um mm-hmm. so it's not gonna keep from clogging up the paint when cat gets back so i mean it's a lot of a lot of questions uh so i think i think it's more so looking into the to the future for um for Minnesota. I mean, if that if that GM and owner can can get their act together and put some pieces around Anthony Edwards. I mean, he just I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, but that but that's also why I'm a bit confused because yeah. if Minnesota's looking to the future, first of all, they didn't get any picks back, and second of all, can you look to the future when you traded about seven first round picks for Rudy Gobert? Like I, I don't know what they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's true. It seems like they're fully committed to winning now, and now they're like trying to meet somewhere in the middle where they're trying to help Edwards develop, but they have no future draft capital. That's true. And they're clearly not good enough to win the West. So I don't know. I'm just going to ask you this based on what we've seen in the last couple of months. 
is, does Minnesota have like a bottom three front office in the league? Because it feels like it. I think Minnesota is probably kicking themselves now for making that trade for Rudy. Yeah, Gobert. I think they're just trying to. They're all in a hurry trying to like fix that Gobert deal, like trying their best. And they they tried it with this. And they botched you know, this one too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and they tried. It's. I mean, Conley's not horrible, but like you said, they didn't get any type of. They didn't get any type of fix yeah. for the future. So, yeah. like, what are you going to go to Anthony Edwards and tell him like in in a year or two when he's upset because like they're a ninth and tenth seed every year, like, yeah. and then he'll probably want out. Like so, what are you gonna do, Trey Cat or Trey Gobert? I mean, you got to do something because, I mean, we all know we live in an age where these these superstar players or fringe superstar players, if they're not happy, they're, they're gonna get out no matter if it's, they it's have. It's gonna be Cat. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think you can trade Gobert at this point. I I don't think there's much of a market for him, and I think at this point, at least Cat could get you something. And he's had injury issues too. So if you're asking who I think is going to be there for longer, Gobert or Towns. I think it's Gobert because of that contract. Yeah, he's borderline immovable, yeah, and, you can and get I think more, Cat'll probably go in here. Obviously, yeah. yeah. And the obviously the bigger part of this is what the Lakers did receive. Yeah. Now adding um, some serious depth on this team and guys that can actually shoot the basketball and a guy that's. I think it's really underrated. If you're a casual basketball fan, you probably don't know really much about Jared Vanderbilt and what he brings to the table for uh, for a team. But the Lakers get D'Lo back. Um, I I, th- I don't know. I, I'm not sure if he'll be the starter there or if it's going to be Dennis Schroeder or how they're going to do that. But they have depth now at that guard position with D'Lo, a guy that can at least knock down the three-point shot and create for himself as one well has a consistent jump shot. Um, uh, you also get Malik Beasley back, one of the better three-point shooters, uh, spot-up shooters, and also Jared Vanderbilt, who's a great rebounding, uh, versatile guy. Defensively, he's outstanding. So, obviously, the Lakers got significantly better overnight in this trade here, uh, guys. Um, Scott, why don't you start with what the Lakers were able to receive here in this trade? Because the one thing that was really lacking for the Lakers this season was three-point shooting. And, you, you know, they also added Rui Achimura, you know, a couple weeks ago. They now have Malik Beasley who can shoot the three-ball. D'Lo can knock it down here as well. So now it seems like that this team is finally starting to come together for the L.A. Lakers and, and possibly make a push to, you know, be a top succeed in the West. And, it, and again, if they're healthy, maybe make a run at least to the maybe a second or maybe into the Western Conference Finals. Who knows? But what are your thoughts on what the uh, the compensation here was for the L.A. Lakers as well, part of this Russell Westbrook deal? I said when we started that it felt like the Jazz and the Timberwolves joined together to basically throw a just a raft to the Lakers to escape the sinking ship. That's what it felt like to me, where yeah. they just got a bunch of role players that they needed that I can't believe didn't fetch a bigger haul because I'm a really a big fan of Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And it's going to definitely help out the overall depth and the overall team. I don't want to say identity, but just to kind of help fix some of the defensive issues. They lost the game. LeBron set the record in because they gave up 133 points to the Thunder. They couldn't guard anyone. And I do think that that's definitely going to help out when you get Vanderbilt who's so versatile on that end. Now, Beasley is a great shooter and they need more of those. But the fun question I'm going to ask you is that even though the Lakers clearly got better, and even though LeBron did sign an extension, so he's technically not going to hit the market, but I'm assuming he won't be there past whenever this extension ends, do you think the Lakers still make this trade if the Durant trade happened first? That's a good question. I I just think it's fascinating because this is the Lakers' all-in move, and – and they I got squashed about a day later. That's yeah, why I mean, I'm asking. 
they, they're not they knew they knew getting those guys. I mean, they weren't going from what 12, 13 seed to like contending in in the West. I mean, this I don't still know not, about that. I, yeah. I think a lot of people think, I think they get into the dance with AD and LeBron, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's obviously number one getting Russell Westbrook out of there. I mean, we saw it that we probably knew from the beginning when they traded for him or, or brought him over to the Lakers that it wasn't going to work out. Um, and again, we saw the frustrations, maybe not vocally said by Bo. You can tell by people's or players' body languages that, that you know, Russell Westbrook just wasn't the answer for this Lakers team. But now, like you said, uh, Scott, you bring in Malik Beasley. He was a great three-point shooter, all right? And then I also love the addition of Jared Vanderbilt. So they now have pieces on this roster when you're led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who, again, health is a question with Anthony Davis. But again, if those guys are able to stay healthy, for the rest of the season and get into the playoffs as a healthy squad, I think the Lakers right now with this roster can make some noise in the Western Conference. Is there is there more trades to be made for the Lakers? Maybe adding another piece or, or I don't know. But I think for this current roster, after what transpired last night, I think that they can definitely make some noise in the Western Conference. Dante, what are your thoughts on the Lakers, uh, on the Lakers Hall here? Yeah, I mean, I obviously think they got better. I mean, they got shooting around LeBron, which is which is what you need. Um, and pain we've seen, we've seen in the past, yeah. like what they what they do, what LeBron does with with shooters. So, I think it's a a good move for them. Uh, Vanderbilt is going to be a LeBron guy. Like LeBron's going to love what he does defensively. His intensity, his attention to detail. He's really smart. Uh, really smart defender. Um, and I mean, those guys, let's face it. I mean, D'Lo is, I mean, he's not the greatest. He's going to have to show that he can play more off ball because, I mean, LeBron is going to have the ball pretty much the majority of the time if they're on the floor together. So he's going to have to learn to play more off ball. And in Minnesota, he was playing more with the ball. So he's going to have to do some adjusting there. And, I mean, I just defensively is, is what I'm worried about from that guard position. I mean, no guard. I mean, other than Patrick Beverly, who's, not really a good defender. He's more of a pissed. So I, I'm worried about the defensive um the defensive stature that, that the Lakers have right now. I mean I know that I know that in the playoffs the game slows down and you know you got AD to protect the paint and LeBron has time to to you know really ratchet it up um on the defensive end, something he's not doing in the regular season right now. Yeah. But I mean when you're going against some of the guards, I mean they, they struggle against guards. I mean let's face it like in the past five games, they've been getting murdered. But the SGA, 30, Brunson, 30. Uh, I mean, they've just been getting killed by the guards. So that's another position that I'm worried about. D'Lo doesn't help that. He also he does help, you know, the offense a whole lot. But, um, I mean, I like, the, I like it for the Lakers. Like I said, I don't know if they'll be able to contend right at this moment. Uh, maybe mm. if they make another move. Uh, I'd love for them to get, you know, I would love for them to have got like Pirtle, like somebody a, a big who can you know be on the inside and allow Anthony Davis to not get beat up as much. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, if you notice, Thomas Bryant's not playing a lot of minutes. They're playing yeah. Rudy and AD at the four and five, so mm-hmm. AD's getting beat up. I mean, he can't take that. We obviously know that like, he, he's not able to to withstand that punishment. So, I mean, one injury one injury away from. I mean, LeBron playing the five, like Magic Johnson in the 80s type of, yeah. type of shit. So, so I'm assuming that now Rui's coming off the bench and they're going to try to use Vanderbilt with AD? Yeah, and then that, that's the question that uh, I think or now what Because Rui can't guard anybody either. Out. So if you, if yeah. you want to fix the defense, I, I'm assuming Vanderbilt and AD are going to have to play together. Yeah, yeah I mean, I and him's a defensive guy. So, yeah, I think I mean, the three guys that they traded for probably entered into the starting lineup with LeBron and... AD. I like think it, 
It's I think D'Lo. Schroeder still is gonna start though. I think Schroeder. I think they'll bring D'Lo off the bench. Uh, yeah, I, I think you, you can think go either way. I think I Beasley. Think, I think you have to have a shooter in there. So that mean when Reeves is healthy, Reeves is coming off the bench. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm trying. I, to think. I think that you probably bring either Schroeder off the bench because he's been in that six man role. I, I don't yeah. think that again because he can lead that offense in with the second unit with Rui Achimura. Then you bring in Patrick Beverly, you know, guy that can you know disrupt, and then also Austin Reeves, a guy that can knock down shots as well. And then Thomas Bryant at, at the five position. So it'll be interesting to see what you know what the lineup is or what what, what the rotation is going to be for the Lakers. But obviously, this was a, a move that the Lakers did need to make. Uh, yeah. They get some guys again, like we mentioned, they, they get some shooters. They add a defensive guy that can guard the paint as well in Jared Vanderbilt. So it's going to be interesting. To see. I think Lakers fans are definitely going to be excited about this trade. Uh, and how they definitely did upgrade their roster around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, anything else for this trade, guys? Uh, any thoughts uh, you want to throw out before we get over to the Kevin Durant news? Well, you guys didn't answer my question that I asked before, which I'm not sure if the Lakers might have just done it anyway because they upgraded. But I asked before, would they have made the same trade if the KD trade happened first? Yeah, I think they would. I think I mean, so. Yeah. They, they, they upgraded. They, I, I they think they probably would have too. But the point is, this was supposed to be the Lakers' all-in push. Let's mm. see what happens. And once again, they got squashed in about a day. Yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob, and Jeannie—they got to go back to the drawing board and try to try to draw something else up right now. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but I, th- I still think they, they, they make the move. Uh, my guy OG Wham Wham in the chat here. He says he's expecting. Pat Bev to be moved. Yeah, I, I think that you know, when you have, it's going to be hard to find all those three guards minutes, right? We talk about D'Lo, Schroeder, and Patrick Beverly. Like, I think they may be an odd man out at, at this point for the uh, yeah. LA uh, Lakers because, again, it's probably going to turn into a 10 man rotation. And obviously, when we get to the playoffs, it turns into eight, nine max. Playoffs. Talk about the playoffs? With playoffs the for the 13 Lakers. seed Lakers. We're talking about the playoffs right now. <laughs> hey, they're only what? Uh, I haven't even checked the updated standings after uh, what's happened, but I know the uh, the West, I think like three to like 13 are separated. Just saying, like you, you sort of throwing around the P word with the Lakers. You got to at least be an 11th for us to have that conversation. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, they're, they're, thir- they're 13, and I mean, they're three games out of being the. the it's still definitely games. doable. I'm like, I'm like, well, four games out from being point. the seventh. Like, so, I mean, yeah. They're about four and a half out from uh, the sixth spot, which is the Clippers. So, yeah, I, again, if they don't get into the playoffs, uh, there needs to be a bigger conversation about what's going on in L.A. land. All right, yeah. guys, let's get over to the biggest uh, news so far. We'll save the best for last year. Uh, right around 106, 107 Eastern time last night, uh, the biggest trade probably – uh, that has maybe gone down during NBA trade deadline in NBA history, I guess we can say. Maybe up there for sure. But Kevin Durant headed to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, this trade details, I'll give you that, guys, here. So Durant and TJ Warren are headed to the Phoenix Suns. In return, the Brooklyn Nets receive Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks, and a 2028 pick swap. Um, we saw the news yesterday that Kevin and I felt like Kevin Durant because of that news that came out that they were having that meeting again of what, which direction the franchise is going. I think this kind of goes back to what happened before the season started, that those meetings were happening. And the next day, 
uh, Kevin Durant makes that trade request. And now a day after that meeting happens, he now gets officially traded over to the Phoenix Suns. And this was a team in the offseason, guys, that was rumored to make a move for Kevin Durant. And again, it didn't transpire in the offseason before the season started. Now here on February 8th, it happens. Kevin Durant headed to the Phoenix Suns to be paired with uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton uh, in the West. A huge move here. Scott, let me start with you. This is your team. I, I think that we probably at some point start, saw this coming for the Brooklyn Nets if it wasn't going to work out or, or whatever the case might have been that the first domino fell where Kyrie got traded to Dallas. We knew at that point that maybe Kevin Durant would possibly get moved, maybe not at this juncture of the season, but maybe in the offseason. But it does happen here last night. Kevin Durant headed to Phoenix. What are your thoughts about this trade? So there's really a lot of layers to unpack. First of all, I will bring up the a reminder that Katie did meet with the higher-ups uh, earlier, either this week or technically last week, to discuss the future with him and the team. And I guess the team didn't like what they heard <laughs> in that meeting. That's just kind of my guess there. So there's really a lot to unpack, because on one hand, you could say the Nets are one of the biggest failures of all time with the big three that they assembled, and you're not yeah. wrong. On the other hand, you had to deal with with Kyrie and KD's bullshit for like three years. And at some point, you kind of got to wonder how much of the blame is actually on the organization and how much of it's on the players. Because KD got hurt all the time. Now, when he was healthy, he was incredible. And yeah. they were about, I don't know, half a foot size away from beating the Bucks and potentially winning a title. But Kyrie, we know, is his own his own person you can call him a lunatic you can call him eccentric however you want to call it the point is he's unreliable so you had two separate divas in their own rights on the same team that were more interested in what they were doing than the actual i'd say overall team success i think we can say that and that's not really a hot take and i think the nets were fed up with it they just said listen we traded Kyrie. uh you are going to continue getting hurt and K K you really look at it Katie's missed a bunch of games with the Nets. And it's not his fault because he's had some serious injuries. And the fact he's been this good since returning from a serious Achilles injury is impressive. But you got to always bring it up. He's hurt all the time. And Harden demanded a trade because Katie got hurt. Then Kyrie demanded a trade while Katie was hurt again. And the Nets said, listen, if you're if we're not good enough to win with Katie and I mean, Ben Simmons, which I'm not even going to address right now. But the point is, <laughs> your supporting cast wasn't good enough to win the title. So then it said, screw it. We'll blow it up. We'll get four first-round picks, potentially seven, because there's rumors Mikael Bridges is worth three first-round picks. So you might get seven picks out of it. Like, I, I can understand why the Nets did it. I thought they could have gotten more. And I don't know why teams just insist on trading their star players to their preferred destination, yeah. which doesn't make any sense to me. Like, make a good business decision and get the most amount of return possible. I would have laughed so hard if they trade him to OKC. I would have laughed so hard if they got like five or six first round picks and they traded KD back to OKC. But point is, I understand the move for the Nets. The return is okay, not great, but I I graded it on Twitter. I gave the Nets a 3.5 out of 10 because they still have to trade Simmons. You're probably attaching at least one first round pick, maybe two, to another team to swallow that contract. And you're kind of in a half-ass rebuild. Phoenix gets a 9 out of 10 because you're an immediate title contender. You're one of the favorites. The issue is your best three players get hurt all the time. That's why it's not a 10. The durability concerns are there for Phoenix. But the Nets just had enough and decided, you know what? We'd rather blow this team up 
than deal with this nonsense and drama every day. That's kind of my main takeaway. Yeah, I think that it's interesting to see, like you mentioned, that teams or front offices, I should say, that trade players to their preferred destinations instead of getting the um, the most compensation or return back for the future of your franchise. Now, I think there's still a possibility that maybe both, like you mentioned, that Mikhail Bridges and or Cam Johnson are on the move again. There's already rumblings out there. They should um, trade him at this point. Yeah, and again, because right now, I think, especially for Mikhail Bridges, <clears throat> excuse me, his value is still at, at an all-time high. Like you mentioned, it's probably worth up to three first-round draft picks. I mean, we've heard that Memphis is interested in a guy like OG Ananobi. I think you could throw Mikhail Bridges into that conversation as well. Philly should um, that if they're not, Yeah, and if they're able to go out and get a player like that are the Memphis Grizzlies, I, I think that's something that you have to worth exploring, especially when the Lakers got better. Suns obviously got better. Warriors, when healthy, are, I, I think, still uh, obviously a top-notch team in the Western Conference. Grizzlies are going to have to make a move because with, with, with that team currently as constructed, I don't think are going to be able to get to the Western Conference Finals or maybe get eliminated by the second round. But D- Does Memphis have to make a move? I thought they were fine in the Western Conference. Uh, obviously. And, it's, and after that, <laughs> after what kind of happened, what John Moran said, all these teams kind of are kind of, I guess, F- an FU mode to John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies. But, uh, Delonte, you came in here with Suns and Six. Kevin Durant, you're one of your guys. He's now obviously in Phoenix. What are your thoughts about this trade? Yeah, I mean, health was, is the only concern that, that I have. I mean, Scott laid it out. All three of your core players are injury prone. Um, Chris Paul is Chris Paul is somebody who who I think, uh, and even to to my dismay, like I give him a lot of shit too because he just folds in the, some of the bigger moments and he's had some unfortunate luck in those moments also. Um, but I think the team around him right now is like one of the best that he's going to, that he's going to have. And I say that because he has two guys who can hit from anywhere, mid range, uh, out deep. KD is extremely, extremely well off of the ball as is Devin Booker. So you're gonna have to kind of pick your poison. Now the Suns don't run and like, I guess, extremely sophisticated offense like golden state. So, you know, it's not going to be as, you know, free flowing. as yeah, it's not going to be as free-flowing as it was in Golden State. But I can see something similar to, to what they ran in Golden State with uh, with Clay, Steph, and, and KD. But I think defensively is, is is where they got a whole lot better. I mean, I know they gave up Bridges, but, I mean, Bridges kind of got exposed in the playoffs last year um, during some of those matchups where he – Somewhat, ha- he was supposed to lock down s- some of those guys, and I mean, they got the best of him. I mean, it, it happens. It's one of his like his first experiences in the playoffs. So Ingram killed him in round one. Yeah, I mean, and, and so it's not a knock on him, you know, but it's just that if that's your main thing, like you're there, like you're known for being the defensive guy, like you were up for defensive player of the year, uh, or in that mix for a majority of the season. And I mean, you were getting you were getting roasted. Like they they had to take him off of Ingram to to your point. Like they had to take him off him. So. I think defensively, I was surprised that they didn't have to give up Aiton. Like, I think that's more of a detraction on the Nets. Like, why the hell wouldn't you want to get Aiton back? No, but the, the thing is, I th- people thought the same thing, but then you realize what Bridges' trade value is worth, and you remember that Aiton just signed a massive extension with the Suns. I don't think Aiton has as much trade value as people think. I think he's a better player than Bridges, but I don't think anyone wants to go near that contract. I, I think that's the problem, and I think that's why – 
even though Aiton, I think, is a better player than Bridges, Bridges has more trade value, it's because of that contract. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I can see that. But, I mean, I think defensively, like, like KD is an underrated defender. Like, he protects the rim. And I think him beside Aiton is going to help out, especially in the West with some of those guys mm-hmm. that you have that can attack the rim. So they have a, a – I mean, the only – team that I think worries me if they get in the matchup is, is the Clippers simply because of Paul George and, and Kawhi. And uh, the Clippers don't scare me at all. I, they I lost think, again yesterday to Dallas. The Clippers yeah, aren't – they're not a good team. Like, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't but in, in, the play, in the playoffs when when they when the, everything is, is lasered in, I mean, we I've seen – But what Kevin if they ever Durant won in the playoffs? And, yeah, I mean, I've seen Kevin Durant and, and Kawhi go at it. And, I mean – I think it's a good matchup for 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 the Clippers from a match from a matchup perspective. If they're healthy, I think I think so. I mean, but either way, I think the Suns obviously got better. Um, I was a big buyer on them whenever Booker went out, whenever they were trending up. Um, I don't I don't know what they do with the point guard position. That's what I'm really worried about, like the backup point guard position, because I don't love Shamit or Payne, and they're both always hurt. So. You got to have somebody to take that pressure off of CP3. Like, obviously, you want him to be low managed to, so he can perform in the playoffs. But, I mean, how can you low manage him if you have nobody behind him? So, that's one thing that I'm worried about is that backup point guard position. But otherwise, man, I think it's a home run. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun basketball in Phoenix. I mean, KD even have a girl, he can get that girl that he was tweeting about um, <laughs> that, that uh, blew him off in Phoenix uh, about 10 years ago. Where do you stack rank Kevin Durant and uh, Devin Booker backcourt in the West? You mean, uh, you mean duo, not exactly a backcourt. Yeah, so. duo, I guess you can say. Yeah, I mean, it's what you got, PG and Kawhi. Um, LeBron and AD. LeBron and Splash AD. Splash Brothers. Yeah. Can you even say Splash Brothers when Curry's injured at the moment? Well, I think you're just talking uh, about just, yeah. just from a totality. Just overall, I mean, when yeah. everybody's healthy, I guess you can yeah, say. Yeah, I guess. I mean, are you throwing in Jokic and Jamal Murray? Yeah. I guess. Any dynamic duo in Fox the West. Fox a bonus. Yeah, I mean, we, have, we, we, haven't seen, we haven't seen it yet, but just the, all the answer's on paper. one. I mean, Shane Goon and, and Jalen Green. You know? Of course. Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how they lost that game yesterday. That's a, that's a separate thing we haven't even gotten into, but I think it has to be one, right? I mean, yeah, both I think, I think so, yeah. Just, are just probably, on paper. Yeah, just on paper. They're both top 10 players. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, do you think this propels now the Phoenix Suns to the NBA Finals? Uh, barring health, obviously, for all teams. But if healthy, where Scott, where do you put this Phoenix Suns team now? If healthy, they're one. The problem is they have three somewhat injury-prone players at the star three players of the team. And they people keep trying. Four with Aiden in there, too. True. Aiden, he's been somewhat durable. He also missed a bunch of games like last year, two years ago, because he was suspended for, for PEDs. So that yeah. wasn't an injury-based thing. That was based on a suspension. Chris Paul, I know people love the assist numbers, and he's one of my favorite players of all time. He's not Kyle Lowry-washed, but he's like medium-cooked. <laughs> I, he's not. He's well, just I, not the guy that he used to be. It's I, just. Yeah. It, it I, is what it is. Like Chris Paul is a guy who nowadays will give you seven points yeah. and nine assists, and you'll look at him going, "What's wrong with Chris Paul?" Yeah. You know, like, no, this is just who he is now. Like he can't create as much separation and pick and roll as he used to be able to. So I'm not exactly sure how much of an impact player Chris Paul will be in the playoffs in some of these big series when he's going to give you a maximum of 12 points. Yeah, now, I mean, of course, I- the IQs there, the the assist stuff is going to be there. He just doesn't create enough separation anymore. So I don't know how big of a role he's going to have. Aiton, we know, is extremely fragile in terms of just a lack of a killer instinct. And I kind of wonder if he's going to get punked in the playoffs by a couple of other good centers. 
Booker and Durant have had injury issues in the past, so I'm not sure if they're going to stay healthy either. But if they stay healthy, I think that's easily the most complete team in the Western Conference. I think for Phoenix now, especially for CP3, like you don't have to rely on him to be a scoring machine anymore. Like when it was just Devin Booker and Chris Paul having to go out, especially for Chris Paul going out there and trying to put up 15 to 20 points a night. Now you just command the offense. When it gets down to clutch time, we know Chris Paul is one of the best clutch players or point guards in, in the entire league. So now when you have a guy like Kevin Durant and go out and score 35 a night, seven with same thing with Devin Booker. Now Chris Paul just has to okay, get just just showcase your leadership now. Command this offense, get everybody in the right spots. And if you have an open three-point shot, shoot it. If not, you have now obviously one of the two best scores uh, in the entire uh, association between Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So I think Chris Paul is going to be fine. And again, he's up there in age. Everybody, like you mentioned, if, if he only scores seven points and only has nine assists, what's wrong with Chris Paul? But Chris Paul doesn't have to be Chris Paul to pass anymore, in my opinion. He just has to command this offense. Just be a leader on the floor, an extension of the head coach on the floor. We have a dynamic scores like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Uh, I agree, I agree with the leader stuff. My question is, since Chris Paul is used to having the ball in his hands all the time, and since he's past his prime pretty obviously at this point, can he play off ball at this point in his career? That's a good question. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't know if he. I don't know if he can. I mean, that's my maybe point. Just, Late in games, it's going to be Durant and Booker isolating anyway. Like I don't know what Chris Paul's role is going to be on this team offensively in in playoff half court situations. Well, they, well, do they, I don't think does Phoenix run. I mean, obviously it's different animal when you got to. But did they run a lot of isos? I thought they run a lot of high pick and rolls. A lot of yeah, it's a lot uh, of high pick and roll with book with uh, Paul and Aiton. But now when you yeah. have Durant, you're not going to tell Durant to stand. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, but I think I think Durant is is more equipped to. You know, post up, come off pin downs. I mean, he obviously works well in that mid range area. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they orchestrate their offense because, I mean, they don't have a lot of depth. That's that's my main issue. They don't have a yeah, lot of depth. They don't have too. a lot of depth at all. Um, so like, I guess he's gonna have to stagger the KD and Booker minutes. I mean, you got to get Chris Paul some some rest at some point. I mean, he he just can't dial it in like he and play at a high level as he used to. I mean, and that's. That's expected. I mean, he's he's older player now. So in the playoffs, when everything slows down, he has more time to rest, and you know the game plans are more uh, uh, focused in. I think that they'll be more effective. But I'm worried. I think they need to make maybe another move to get a couple of role players. I mean, because you're looking at like. But what moves do you have left? You traded would, all your assets for. Yeah, I, I mean, would, they got they got to get somebody on like buyout market. I mean, they're they're playing with Toy Craig, Josh Okigi. I mean, Sarich, Landale. I mean, th- you think those guys are like playoff rotational guys? They're gonna have to give up a pick to get rid of Sarich though, because his contract's pretty horrible too. So, I don't know how many moves the the Suns have left, unless they try the buyout market. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're gonna have to do buyout mar- like some because I mean, they're do you not- kick the tires on Westbrook? Nah, hell no. I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, I've heard worse ideas, but no. Yeah, okay. That's just a yeah. funny idea. Yeah, you know? it is. It would it would it would be hilarious though. <laughs> it would be hilarious. I mean, maybe I'll, like, I'll ask uh, you this though. With the health concerns, are you picking Phoenix to make it out of the West? I think every team has health concerns. I mean, especially the teams in the West. I'm still picking Phoenix right now. I think it's gonna be very difficult for teams. And Scott, you and I talked about this over the past several seasons that they needed to go out and get another guy. <laughs> we yeah, talked we about for guy- Eric Gordon. Yeah, we talked about Eric Gordon and Terrence Ross, but now they go out and get Kevin Durant. Can they get? Um, can they still get Eric Gordon? I mean, if they have the compensation for it, I think they uh, they can. Um, 
I, I, if Eric Gordon is still on this roster by the by the time three o'clock rolls around, I am probably going to break a wall in my house. But <laughs> that's a separate story. Um, all right, anything else for this, guys? We've probably been about around fifty minutes here on the trades here. But anything else as far as this Kevin Durant or any of the trades that have kind of transpired over the past twelve four, to twenty four hours? No, nah, not really. I mean, I think we pretty much hit on hit on all of it. Um, they just like. On paper, like it's just extreme, and people take into consideration that you know this is this is not Katie's first time in the West. Like he's played in this division, so he knows how he knows how the scheduling works. He knows how the physicality works, so it's not gonna be new to him. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting, like defensively. I think that's where they're gonna hang their hat. I mean, they've been playing extremely well defensively without um, those guys, without Chris Paul, Booker, and Katie in the lineup. Um, so I think it's gonna be real interesting going forward in the West. Yeah. Well, well, again, if there are more trades that do transpire, maybe we'll come back here in the evening uh, after the trade deadline and try to do something live and then do an, uh, 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 another extra episode about just our trade reactions here. But um, all right, guys, so we still do have four games on the schedule here tonight. But before we dive into those games, uh, let me tell everybody about everyone about our presenting sponsor. That's going to be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet if is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own bet. The big game is here, and WinBet has you covered. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. And if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, get 100, limited state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbed.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in the state where play through winbed is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we're also brought to you by the Big Game Bingo Contest. Sign up on the SGPN app and get your own Big Game Bingo card full of all your favorite big game prop bets. If you get bingo, you'll win a $57 SGPN gift card. The only catch is you must be subscribed to the Sports Gambling Podcast and the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube to win and last but not least, in honor of the big game, SGPN is hosting a prop betting contest. Make your picks up for the 57 different prop bets. Winner gets $570 in cash and $570 gift card to the SGPN store. All of our contests are free to play and exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, gentlemen, four games on the schedule here. Let's get to it. The first game on the board, it's going to be the Denver Nuggets in Orlando here tonight to take on the Magic. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, the line opened up in favor of the Denver Nuggets as a minus six-point road favorite. Um, that number has pretty much stayed the course at minus six. Total opened up at 230, uh, 1.5. The number's been bet up. To 232, I uh, still see some 231 in the halves out there. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Jamal Murray is questionable here tonight for the Denver Nuggets. And for the Orlando Magic, Mo Bamba is continuing to serve the, uh, the suspension. And Gary Harris is questionable tonight with right abductor soreness. Chumo KK is working his way back. He is on G League assignment and will not be playing in this game. Uh, Delonte, why don't you lead us off with this game here between the Denver Nuggets as a six-point road favorite in Orlando tonight hosting the Magic, or playing against the Magic, I'm sorry. 
yeah, interesting game. Uh, I mean, we all know the Magic have been one of the better ATS teams in the league. Uh, 31-22 and one ATS. Uh, they're extremely good at home. ATS 16 at 10. Um, but, you know, the Nuggets are, are a different beast. Uh, I know the, the Jamal Murray news. It, it doesn't sway me as much simply because I think that the advantage for Denver is going to be inside. Um, they, I mean, we all know how, how good Joker has been, but the Magic struggle defending the paint and defending the rim. They're 29th in rim, in rim percentage defense, so Joker should be able to get what he wants on the inside. Uh, the thing that the Magic have been doing lately is running. They've been in transition a whole lot, which makes sense because, you know, they got those long athletic guys to be able to run and gun. And I think that's been that's thing has been a like a contributor to their success recently. So um I like the magic. I don't know if I like it right now at the at the number. I kind of want to wait and hope Jamal Murray gets ruled in to get a better number. Um but offensively, I mean the Denver is is rolling. They're averaging 125.6 um points the last five, and that's included like a 90 point game when I think nobody played. Um they do struggle ATS on the road, 10 and 18. Um ATS one thing about them, they have been playing extremely well uh, defensively over the past 10 games. They're eighth in defensive rating in the last 10 games. Uh, so I think Denver's trending even further up than what they already were simply because of their defense. Uh, and we all know that the Magic, they're going to be five seed and not going to give up. So I'm leaning towards the Magic, but I'm kind of waiting for a better number. Scott, what do you got for this game? I think I'm just going to go with Denver team total over. This team offensively has been insane, and there's really no other way to put it. Uh, they had 146 last game. Uh, they benched all the starters the game prior, so I'm not going to mention the other Minnesota game. 128 against Atlanta, 134 against Golden State, 122 against the Pelicans. Uh, just pulling up some games before that. Uh, yeah, 119 against Philly, but they no-showed the second half. Uh, yeah, so the point is Denver offensively has been incredible for the last couple of weeks, and Orlando doesn't exactly have many guys that can match up with Denver's overall roster. I think the overall spread would make me lean Denver, and you hope Murray plays. There's also another chance that Denver's involved in a trade package or two right before the deadline, so maybe they're a bit shorthanded. So I'm not exactly sure if I'm a big fan of taking the spread with Denver now without knowing who's actually going to still be on the roster or if anybody's going to get moved. Do we go back to Denver first quarter? I, I mostly take it at home, but I don't mind it here because, once again, I question Orlando's overall offensive firepower, and I expect, I don't know, Jokic to not have a triple-double in two quarters, but maybe he'll have one by, I don't know, the end of the third quarter in this game. But do you like Denver first quarter in the spot? I typically like your, your what you mentioned there is I really like it better at home uh, for the Denver Nuggets. Um, Orlando, they, they've been competitive, right? I, I think that without Jamal Murray, or again, officially he's questionable here tonight. If Jamal Murray is in here tonight, um, I think the advantage that the Denver Nuggets are going to have is um, uh, at the three-point line because Orlando has just not been a very good team defending the three-point line, especially over the last 10 games. I believe they are dead. Uh, I want to say they're either – yeah, they're one of the worst. Let me see here. I know they were right down there with the Rockets. Yeah, they're number uh, 28 out of 30 teams as far as defending the three-point line. So I think that's the advantage that they'll have inside and also outside with the three-point shooting like I mentioned here. Uh does make me nervous what Delonte said that uh, Denver as road favorites are not very good. Five and ten against the spread in road games where they are favored. Um, I feel like this might be a game where Denver gets out early and then maybe the Orlando Magic make it a game over the second half. But 
I, I like your angle of the Denver team total because, like you mentioned, they've been just so great offensively. I would lean towards the plus six here. I'm not going to be betting it, but again, if you gun to my head, I would take the Orlando uh, on the spread here. Um, thoughts on the total here, guys? Currently sitting at 231.5. Kalante, any thoughts on the total? Yeah, I'd lean over. I mean, we all know Denver is efficient offensively. The last five games, they've played all over. And at home, uh, 16 of the 27 home games for the Orlando Magic, they've went over. And as of late, they've been playing more fast paced. So that's leading to more easy buckets. Uh, it's, it's allowing them to get out and run and not be able to think in the half court. Uh, another thing that would help that is both teams are. Uh, they have turnover issues. They're bottom five in turnover percentage offense, which could lead to more fast breaks for each team. And Denver, I mean, they don't love to run, but obviously they will if the opportunity presents itself. And with turnovers being a factor, uh, I think that could lead to some points. Now, the Magic offensively aren't juggernauts by any means, um, but I think in in this game, uh, Denver might sleepwalk a little bit. Like you said, they might get up early and, you know, call off some of the guys, give Jokic some extra risk. Uh, I don't think they have, like, a big game on deck or anything, but I just don't think that they'll come in and give full effort to this Orlando Magic team, to be honest with you. So that's why I'm leaning towards um, the the Orlando Magic plus the points, and I will uh, probably be on the over. Scott, I think I'm just on the over. Yeah. Okay. I just see a lot of points in this game. Uh, any player props, Scott? Uh, what's Jokic triple double minus one fifty at this point? Um, <laughs> it's even money by halftime for the full game. It's minus two hundred. Okay. Uh, you know, interesting <laughs> there. Uh, you might be getting ripped off in that first half deal, but still, <laughs> it's really tough to evaluate because once again, I don't know who Denver's going to have on their team. I don't know if Jamal Murray's going to play in yeah. this game. I don't know if Jokic is going to be in the mood to score a bunch of points today instead of just only shooting the ball five times. Do you pivot to Michael Porter Jr.? Because I know that he was very good last game. I believe he had 30-plus points. I don't mind Porter Jr. threes. I think he's in a good spot to potentially take advantage of Orlando's, I'd say, inconsistent defense, to be generous on the wings. I don't mind Porter Jr. threes. Yeah, I was looking at that, but it was at minus 155 for over two and a half. And again, he's been shooting the ball very well. I know. I mean, the guys in the chat are pointing out that, you know, again, be careful with what we're betting on today because – there's just so much that can happen in the next three hours with P, uh, with players on the moves and things like that. So, um, yeah, definitely keep that in mind uh, when you're betting these games for sure. Delonte, any player props you like? Yeah, I mean, I like Michael Porter a lot. Uh, um, Scott pretty much broke it out. I think it's a great matchup for him. Uh, he's went over in five of the last seven, including three straight. Uh, he's had a game where he scored 17 in there, so he's been close um, both ways. And I know the Joker props are pretty much inflated to the moon, but his rebounds I think is a little short. Uh, at 11 and a half, um, he's went over this obviously in uh, four straight, and the lack of rim protection could, you know, lead to a 13 14 rebound game. Uh, I've seen them give up, you know, uh, they've allowed double digit rebounds to MB twice, Vucevic, Randall, and even D'Angelo Russell uh, had 10 rebounds, and that's in five of the last six games. So I don't see any any signs of, of slowing down uh, Joker on the glass. So I take him over 11.5 rebounds and Michael Porter over uh, 17.5 points. All right. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. That's going to be the Chicago Bulls in Barclays Center here tonight to take on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, I'm currently seeing that the Brooklyn Nets opened up as a 2.5-point favorite. That number is now down to minus one. Starting to see some uh, pick starting to pop up as well. Well, wait a second. We, we got some uh, breaking news here with another trade from Shams. 
He says that Jay Crowder, the uh, Nets Jay Crowder, you might have forgotten that he was on the team, was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks for five, count them, five second round picks. What? Five. (laughs) He hasn't played a game this season. Five. So, oh, yeah, the Nets are uh, trading off some peeps, pieces as well. According to some reports, though, the Nets seem pretty focused on keeping Mikhail Bridges. Okay. But Jay Crowder is officially headed to the Bucks for five second-round picks. Wasn't he already there before? Crowder? Am I mistaken? Yeah. No, no, he was with he was with, uh, he was with Phoenix. And yeah, Phoenix. He was with, um, who else was he with? Uh, was he with Memphis for a bit? He was he with Miami. Boston. He was with Boston for a little bit, too. He was with Miami also when they went to the championship. Okay, yeah, Boston, that was Miami. I think, yeah, Boston, too, yeah. Yeah. Five first round picks, incredible. Five um, second round picks. Yeah. Oh, sorry, second round. But it's picks, Milwaukee, yeah. so they're going to be picks in the fifties. <laughs> like I don't know what that even yeah. means. All right. Yeah. Sure. Cleveland um, too. Thank you, franchise. Yeah, that's right. Uh, two twenty-seven and a half on the total. That number is now down to around two twenty-seven, two twenty-six and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Dayron Sharp and uh, Wantanabe are questionable here tonight. Seth Curry is going to be out. I think that the NBA needs to update their uh, injury report because Kevin Durant is still listed out (laughs) with the right knee MCL sprain, which he is going to be out, but he's not on that team anymore. Uh, For the Chicago Bulls, uh, probables are AC, Alex Caruso, and Patrick Williams. Uh, The bigger questionable tag tonight for the Bulls is going to be DeMar DeRozan with a right hip soreness. Um, Let's start with the side here. Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off with your team here? It's been Cam Thomas's world, and we're just kind of living in it here. But um, what are your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets being a one-point favorite here? I don't know how the Nets are supposed to win. Jay Crowder's not on the team anymore. <laughs> uh, but looking looking at the actual matchup here, I kind of have to lean to Chicago, don't I? Like I understand that the Nets have been competitive anyway. Barely lost to the Clippers, which I don't even know if that means anything anymore because I, I don't think the Clippers are any good. Uh, but they also lost to the Suns in a competitive game there in Devin Booker's return. Cam Thomas with 40 and change in every game. They're extremely shorthanded. Watanabe's questionable. Bridges, obviously, is not playing. Crowder's not on the team anymore. Seth Curry's out. Cam Johnson's out. And Durant's obviously not on the team anymore. So you're looking at Simmons, Dimwitty, uh, Joe Harris, O'Neal, Claxon, I'm assuming that you're going to end up swapping out Simmons and you'll probably have Cam Thomas, a shooting guard, and Dimwitty, a point guard. I'm going to lean Chicago just because the Nets, how many guys do they have active in this game? Like seven? Like they're really shorthanded here. I'm going to lean Chicago. I know DeRozan hasn't played in the last couple games. Maybe he'll return to the lineup. But Vucevic should eat in this game. I think he's got a good matchup yeah. here against Claxton. I'll go with the Bulls. It's a small number. The Nets being favored despite being very shorthanded. I don't exactly understand. I'll link to Chicago. Yeah, um, I will lean to Chicago here as well. Um, again, Brooklyn just hasn't been very good defensively either, right? I mean, we talked about that. Oh, they've on, been terrible. Uh, and the Suns yeah. did go over by a hook on their uh, yeah. team total. So I don't know if you want to look at Chicago team total here tonight as well. Yeah. I know maybe without DeMar DeRozan, we still have Zach Levine out there. Uh, obviously, like uh, Scott mentioned, Nikola Vucevic should have a big game here tonight as well. But uh, Delonte, thoughts on the Bulls and the Nets here? Yeah, man. Honestly, I'm going the opposite way. I think I, I like the Nets here. I like the Nets a lot, actually. Um, I think that the questions with DeRozan, I think he's going to sit. Um, even if he does it, he's going to be a little bit hobbled. Uh, the Nets, I mean, before before the Kevin Durant deal, I thought they were in a good place with some of those guys that they got. And even now, I don't hate the guys that they have. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they play those guys together and and how they you know incorporate some of them. But I kind of like 
the the makeup of, of what they have just to be competitive, not to win, you know, the East or anything like that, but just to be competitive from a night in, night out basis. They got guys that can shoot. They got a couple guys that can defend. Um, man, I kind of like the Nets a lot. I mean, Dinwiddie is familiar with with the uh, with the Nets, um, and I think Dorian Finney Smith is a three and D guy, so he's going to be able to take some of uh, some of the pressure off of. Uh, those other guys like Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson to a certain extent, if they actually keep those guys. Um, and obviously, you know, the two are not playing right now, but Finney Smith and uh, Dinwiddie both are active, right? Uh, Dinwiddie's active. I'm assuming since he is that you'll end up seeing Finney Smith also. Yeah. Play. So yeah, I, I think the, I think the Nets are, are, are good in this game, yeah. in, in this spot. I mean, I don't Finney I mean, Smith is active. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, yeah, I, I love the I love the Nets here. Um, they're probably gonna be my lock actually, and I like how the, the line has fell. Uh, so I'm looking. To, I'm gonna just wait, and hopefully DeRozan gets moved in, and I get the Nets as as I mean, yeah, I get the Nets as a dog. But they've been competitive as of late. They've covered three straight all without Kyrie, even with Kyrie eight and two last ten ATS. They've been extremely competitive as Scott outlined. Um, and Cam Thomas, you know, he's. I mean, we said, I think we both, all three of us said, like, he's not scoring 40 again. And yeah. he scored 40 again. Slapped his um, face, yeah. The, the Bulls' defense is a bit of a concern. You know, they've held four of the last five opponents to under 110 points. Um, eight of the last 10 have went under for them. So defensively, they're they're really, really focused and locked in right now. I think a few pieces of the Bulls get moved. I think uh, Caruso gets moved. And uh, to a certain extent, I think Kobe White gets moved also. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you just can't put that in the handicap and, you know, truly be focused on that. But otherwise, like, all things equal, I like the Nets here. Um, I think that it's a good spot for them to, to get up and put some points on the board. So give me the Nets uh, at Pickham. By the yeah, way, right now, uh, have, yeah, have some more trade news here. Uh, the Lakers are trading Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets for mm-hmm. Devon Reed and three second-round picks. Hmm. Javon Reed and second round. Okay. Yeah, they could use a backup. Most center. of the they draft picks, was, but Yeah. Uh, you know what that means? Who was your backup, DeAndre ex- Jordan? Yeah, I was going to say, it means Jordan's getting cut in the next two hours. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Keep, keep an eye on that. But what, yeah. um, So let me ask you guys. You, you, I'm pretty sure everybody's familiar with Oak Hill, right? The, the powerhouse uh, high school basketball. Um, yeah. 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 So you know who's the leading scorer in Oak Hill history? They've got a lot of NBA guys. I'm Carmelo, assuming it's Thomas Bryant. Cause, or, is it Thomas Bryant? Nah. It's Cam Thomas. Oh, okay. See, I didn't realize you're going back to the Nets stuff. I thought we were still Cam, talking about the Cam Thomas, Thomas leading trade. scorer in Oak okay. Hill history. Man, that is incredible. He averaged 31, I think 30, 31.7 a game his senior year to break it. They had, you know, Carmelo, Rondo, yeah. Josh Smith, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, like so many NBA guys there. Like, I still believe the all time leader in New York for high school points is Lance Stevenson, I think. Yeah, probably I wouldn't so. be surprised. Yeah, but yeah, that's, all, um, that's all I got. I like I like Brooklyn a lot, man. Yeah, uh, getting to player props here. I do like Mikola uh, Vucevic on the rebounds here tonight. Uh, Scott mentioned he should have a, a big night rebounding. They've been struggling. Have the Brooklyn Nets rebounding the basketball against centers? Uh, we saw Zubac go in there have a big night um, the other night. We also saw uh, I think it's Jonder Aiden also had a big night rebounding. So I think Vucevic uh, two games this season. He's had I think fifteen and thirteen right now. I see it at twelve and a half at even money. Um, I do like that. Uh, any other player props that you do like in this game, Scott? Uh, Dimwitty assists. I'm going to be tempted by. We know Cam Thomas is only passing to the rim, but you're yeah. looking at Dimwitty being the point guard now. I feel like he's going to have to play a bunch of minutes. Uh, ben Simmons, we know, isn't uh, good 
the word I'd use. He might get traded too, so we'll see what happens in the next couple hours. But Dinwood, yeah, we'll he should see. get a decent amount of minutes. He's going to have the ball in his hands a decent amount. I don't mind that assist prop. Uh, besides that, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really like. Do you start looking at three-point options for Finney Smith or some of these other guys? Because I'm not sure what the minute breakdown is going to be. So I'm kind of hesitant on that. But Dinwood, he should have the ball in his hands a lot as the point guard. I like mm. the assists for him. Yeah, I don't know if you want to parlay Roy, like maybe Royce O'Neal over one and a half with uh, Michael Porter Jr. tonight. Um, that's a possibility. I only see, I don't see Cam Thomas points up yet. Probably that'll be closer to game Cowards. time, obviously. All, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, anything else for this game? Uh, Delonte, do you have any player props you want to throw up? Yeah, I like uh, Dan Weedy over 20 and a half points, I think is the last number that I've yeah. seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be heavily involved offensively. Uh, he's going to come out firing somewhat similar to what um, to what Reggie Bullock did last night. I think uh, I think some of those guys are going to, you know, have a boost being in a new environment. Uh, well, somewhat a new environment for, for Dinwiddie. But, and I also like Claxton points and rebounds over 27 and a half. Um, the, the one thing about um, the Bulls is they, they rebound the ball really good defensively, but offensively they struggle. So they are 28th in offensive rebound percentage, which is pretty good for Claxton to clean up on the boards. Um, he's went over in the last three games and over in seven of the last 11. So I think uh, he'll be able to clean up some of those uh, misses from um, from the Chicago Bulls, and I look forward to him having maybe like a 15-15 and 15 type of game. All right. Um, all right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be... Uh, the Phoenix Suns in Atlanta here tonight to take on the Hawks. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, uh, Atlanta opened up as a four point favorite. That number's about been bumped up to minus seven, uh, obviously, with the trade news. Uh, and uh, Devin Booker is going to be out for this game as well. I'll go and throw that out there. Uh, total opened up at 229. That number's now down to 228 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report, like I mentioned, for the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker is going to be out injury management. Uh, Josh Okogie is available tonight in campaign, and Landry Shaman continue to be out for the Phoenix Suns. For the Atlanta Hawks, pretty clean injury report. Nobody is on uh, their uh, injury report as of uh, 11, sorry, 12 13 uh, on the East Coast. So everybody should be playing. Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off with this game? Atlanta hosting the Phoenix Suns as a seven point home favorite. So I've been fading Atlanta for a decent portion of the year, and Phoenix definitely made the big blockbuster move. You can argue that they're the biggest winners at the deadline. I'm not sure it's an argument. I think they're just the biggest winners at the deadline, but still, I'm going to take Atlanta. I think Atlanta beats the crap out of them tonight. Um, just looking at the actual spot, Atlanta's off a massively long road trip. Uh, Phoenix is in the middle of a long road trip here, but they're benching basically everybody on the team. Uh, you're looking at their their overall roster. They got Aiton, who's playing. And that's it. Booker's not in. Durant's not in. Payne's not in. Shamit's not in. Warren's not in. You got Chris Paul, Damian Lee, and Torrey Craig and Sharich. Good luck with that. Uh, these teams did play a couple weeks ago, actually eight days ago, and Atlanta went into Phoenix and won by 32. I just think Atlanta's a bad matchup for this team right now based on the overall rosters. Phoenix's backcourt, not great in terms of defense, and now you have to face off against Trey Young and DeJounte. I think Atlanta wins this game comfortably. I'm going to take the Hawks. I like Phoenix long term, but not in this spot. They're missing too many guys. Yeah, it's a very, very uh, short lineup here for the uh, Phoenix Suns. So that 
That Nets and Bucks trade for Jake Crowder got expanded into a three-team deal with the Pacers. So Pacers are getting Jordan Awara and two second-round picks from the Bucks. Um, Wait, time out. The Bucks gave up seven first-round picks, or some of them were from Indiana. Sorry, two first, two second-round picks. Uh, so they gave up a total. It doesn't say. But the Nets got five. Yeah, Nets got five from. Uh, I have to assume Indiana threw in a couple of seconds there because if not, that means Milwaukee gave up seven first-round picks, and I'm going to laugh really hard. Second-round picks. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah second-round picks. What I'm saying. Yeah, two. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dante, what do you got for this game, man? Yeah, I would lay it with the Hawks. I think it's a bad situation for the Suns. I mean, we spoke on their depth issues, and they're without those guys right now. So, I mean, that's just a testament to see uh, how they look without them. But I think the Hawks smash them here. I would take an alternate line, double digits. I think the Hawks get it done. Bad matchup. They held the Suns to 14% from three in the last matchup. Now, they shot 58%, which they're probably not going to do again, but Mm – I don't think they have an answer for Trey or DeJounte with no Bridges, no Johnson, uh, how they're going to score, no Booker. Uh, Chris Paul is definitely not going to run around with, with Trey Young, so I'll look at some Trey Young props. But overall, I, I'd lay it with, with the Hawks. I'd look at the team total for the Hawks also. Yeah. Um, I think that you're right about the Chris or the backward matchup in this game. Uh, Chris Paul. It's probably going to be barbecue chicken, uh, whoever is he's guarding here tonight, whether it's between Trey Young or DeJounte Murray. So I would lay it here with the uh, Atlanta Hawks as well. Um, any thoughts on the total here, guys? Currently sitting at 226.5. I think I'm leaning under. Yeah, I would it's, it's a tough call, but I don't know if Phoenix is going to score. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, my exact, that's my exact handicap. I don't know Maybe how they Phoenix team total under. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else for this game? Any player props you guys have? Uh, like DeJounte yeah, over 20 and a half um, points. He's went over in three of the last five. He should be a lot fresher not having it. I mean, he, he has nobody to defend. I mean, he's the primary defender for, yeah. you know, the best guard on the team. So he has nobody to defend. So he's going to be a lot fresher. Uh, I think he scores, you know, north of 22, 23 points. All right. Let's get over to the last game of the night here. Um, this one should pretty should be pretty clean here. Uh, we got the Milwaukee Bucks in L.A. tonight to take on the Lakers. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, it's opened up at minus five and a half. That number is now all the way up to minus eight in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, total opened up at two thirty seven and a half. That number has been bet up to two thirty eight and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Lakers, Anthony Davis is probable here tonight. LeBron is questionable here tonight. For the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis is probable here tonight. Joe Ingles is out tonight, and Brooke Lopez is also probable here tonight. So uh, Giannis and Brooke Lopez probable. Uh, Joe Ingles uh, and Bobby Portis both out here tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Dante, why don't you lead us off with this game? The Milwaukee Bucks laying eight points in Hollywood tonight to take on the uh, LeBron James-led Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I don't love the the, the Lakers um, right at this second until they get some of those guys implemented. But I think in this spot, in a big game, after that performance that they gave up um, during the, the historic night by LeBron. I think they come out with some fire and I think they cover this number. They usually play up to, to the competition like when they play the higher uh, level teams. Like against Boston, they they fight and claw against uh, the only team they, well, the only somewhat upper echelon team, well, not according to Scott, but the Clippers they just can't beat them or, or stay close at I all. I think Munaf so, agrees with me, just saying. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I don't think that, um, 
I don't think that the Bucks blow them out. Uh, I'm not sure why the line is rising. Maybe I'm not sure if AD is still mad because he was in trade rumors for Kevin Durant. Um, I think LeBron might not play. Oh, okay. Well, if LeBron doesn't play, I still kind of like that. I kind of like the Lakers at a better number. But um, overall, I mean, the Bucks on a row won eight in a row. Uh, they held three of the last five opponents to 110 or fewer. Their defense is elite. I mean, they're not going to have to worry about, you know, going out to defend the three, which they are good at because the Lakers trash at shooting threes right now. Um, but all that to be, all that to be said, I mean, I think the Lakers in a big spot if LeBron plays. Uh, either way, I'm going to be on the Lakers, uh, no matter if he plays or not. But I'll just wait it out and see if I can get a better number. Scott, what do you got for this game? Uh, based on how the line's moving and the fact that LeBron just set a record, I think he might not play in this game because suddenly this game doesn't matter <laughs> pretty much. But uh, I think I'm going to lean to Milwaukee, but I like Milwaukee first quarter. They've been great in the first quarter all year. We've been riding it. I feel like that's probably my favorite play for Milwaukee in the spot. But I'm really trying to think if I want to make a case for the Lakers besides hoping that this awful roster can step up for a game Maybe AD looks inspired after he put up an impressive 13 points against Jalen Williams in that same legacy game for LeBron. But (laughs) I am going to lean to Milwaukee here. I just don't like this Lakers team. I like the trade. The problem is I don't know if anyone from the trade is going to play in this game, so I can't really take them. I'm going to lean Milwaukee, but I don't think I can even touch this besides Milwaukee first quarter. Or maybe you can argue Giannis looks over at LeBron setting a record and says, here's here's a 40-piece. Enjoy. But I think I'm just going to go with Milwaukee. Yeah, I think well, my favorite play... Yeah, my favorite play probably in this game is Giannis' uh, points and rebounds uh, to go over. I think it was 47 and a half. He's had three straight games against the Lakers where he's had 40-plus. Um, so he just gets up to play against the Lakers. As far as side, I would probably just lay it with the Milwaukee Bucks here as well. I just think that... Even if LeBron is in or out, I think that they're they're going to have a very short bench. You probably do see Austin Reeves. I know that he's supposed to be limited in that game uh, against the Thunder. He didn't play any minutes in that, so maybe you see him tonight. That's because again they are pretty much shorthanded here tonight. Um, and for the Bucks, again, they're in the midst of this Western Conference road trip. Um, you know, they're, they're going to pile up the wins here for the Lakers. Like Scott said, they're probably just waiting for guys to, you know, like the Delos and the Jared Vanderbilts and the Malik BCs to uh, get over to LA, get acclimated with the team, and then, and then you know, be a full participant in their next game. Um, but I just think that, again, with the healthy squad of the Milwaukee Bucks, I think that they'll just be able to roll the uh, the the Lakers here tonight. Do like the first quarter as well. Maybe look at a, a Milwaukee Bucks first quarter team total. Um, you know, Lakers like to push the pace. You know, we've seen them get on out to, you know, higher scoring first quarters and first halves. Uh, I don't hate, you know, doubling up on Milwaukee Bucks first quarter spread and the uh, team total to go over that first quarter. Uh, any player props in this game here? Uh, Delonte, you got anything? Yeah. Um, was Did you say Lopez, was was he questionable? I, I read that he was sick. Or he, he had an illness. He's, so he's probable like, on the official injury report. Yeah, so I like AD over points and rebounds. Um, I think it's 38 and a half. Uh, he was underwhelming last game, as we all know. I think he was just still kind of hurt. From from being in those rumors and you seen I don't know if you guys heard LeBron go over and was like I love you bro like basically trying to get his confidence up I guess because he heard all that stuff um, but I like him over I think he he'll, he'll go he'll go back to dominating on the inside and with Lopez being out there if he's sick he's gonna be not one hundred percent obviously so I think AD takes advantage of that um, I also like Holiday over nineteen and a half points 
We talked about it at the top on the Lakers struggle against point guards. They just gave up 50 combined to uh, Josh Giddy and SGA, uh, 30 and 20. Um, CJ McCollum had 23. Uh, Hadley had 26. Brunson had 37. Uh, Kyrie had 26. That's in the last five games. So I don't see them slowing down Holiday at all um, at the point of attack. So I like Holiday over 19 and a half points and AD over 38 and a half uh, points and rebounds. Scott, any player props? Uh, it's a pretty difficult when I'm not exactly sure who's going to be playing for these teams, but uh, do I think he, do I think Giannis has a triple double shot in this game? I'm trying to think if he's got a decent, if he's got an opportunity here just to put on a show in LA against LeBron, but I'm not even sure LeBron plays. So I do agree about the holiday props, but this game might have serious blowout potential here. Um, I'm trying to think. I do you blindly look to AD props and because they traded Thomas Bryant, so they don't exactly have any backup centers at the moment. What about Winnie and Gra- Winnie and Gabriel legacy game? Wham! Just said in the in the chat. Kai Wham. <laughs> yeah, so I, look, I think he's going to be the rotation. Gabriel, now, obviously, for a Gabriel legacy game, what does he need? Eight point seven rebounds. I was going to say like fifteen and ten. Okay. Yeah. Uh, point is, I maybe I double feel like double. Maybe AD steps up if LeBron's not playing, so maybe I'd look at his props. But yeah. based on how the lines move, doesn't it seem like LeBron might not play in this game? Yeah, I, I didn't know it moved that much. Like I, two points is a, is a lot. I know it moved from five and a half to six. Yeah, I had a feeling after like he broke the record and all the and they lost theatrics the anyway. and him leaving the game with the quote unquote foot injury that's been bothering him. I, oh, I yeah. seriously doubt that he would be playing in this game. If, if Bronny has a game tonight, he definitely he, he's definitely not playing. Uh, anything else for this game guys nah all right uh let's get into our locks and dog for this uh thursday night schedule again i i think we got to put the disclaimer out there that again take this with a grain of salt because again we there we're still early in the day here with trades still happening and we don't know who's exactly going to be playing in the lineup uh, for uh, most of these guys. So, again, check the lineups. Check um, the injury reports before you get down on any bets here tonight. Uh, but, well, again, since we are the NBA Gambling Podcast, we're still going to give you our picks here. So, Delonte, why don't you lead us off, my man, with your lock and dog here for tonight? Yeah, man, I got two locks. Uh, keep it short and simple, like Brooklyn at pick and price uh, at home against Chicago. I think they they come out on fire. Uh, like I like the makeup of the team other than Simmons, uh, and I'm looking to be buying on them, uh, especially post-All-Star when they get some of those guys implemented. I think they're going to cover a lot of spreads. They're going to be doubted and underdogs. Uh, the second lock I got is Atlanta. I think they, I think they blow out Phoenix. Uh, the, how Phoenix is orchestrated right now, they're not they're, – they're not looking forward to this game. They're, they're looking forward to to getting KD back in, to getting him healthy, getting those other guys healthy, and making a run for uh, post-All-Star. So I think the Hawks come in and smash them. The dog, I'll just go with the Lakers. I mean, it's not many other dogs that I like. Uh, it was between them and the Magic. So give me the Lakers plus, what is it, eight? or Plus yeah. eight. Plus eight, yeah. With 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 or without LeBron, I think they I think they'll be competitive. Uh, they usually get up for for these big games. So, even the Lakers plus eight, and uh, let's hope that Drew Holiday doesn't go for forty. Uh, Scott, what do you got? All right, so for I'm actually going to go with the same game uh, for the lock in dog. For my lock, I'm actually going to take Chris Paul no double double at minus one thirty. I think it's actually a good price. Uh, you're looking at Chris Paul the last five games, no double double. He scored less than 10 points in three of the last four. He has really just not been that great offensively, which I mentioned before. 
But he played against Atlanta on February 1st. I mentioned how Atlanta blew them out. He played 27 minutes, had three points and three assists. This game could turn into a route, but I'm going to take Chris Paul no double-double at minus 130. I think he'll have to embrace potentially a bigger scoring role. So I'm not sure if the pass will be there. Or maybe he just won't be able to because he's going to have to try. To, he's going to have to try to chase around Dejounte and Trey, and it might just not work out. So, give me Chris Paul no double double at minus one thirty as my lock. And for your dog, same game taking Atlanta. I'll take them eleven plus, so minus ten and a half at plus one fifty five. I think it's correlated. As I said before, I think Atlanta buries them, and this game's going to be over probably in the third quarter. And Phoenix. They're looking ahead to getting their main guys. I don't think they really care much about this game. And the fact that Bridges is now gone and Cam Johnson's now gone, Crowder wasn't playing anyway, so I'm not even going to mention him. But Phoenix just doesn't have a good roster right now. And I do think that with Chris Paul probably not doing much in this game because Atlanta has really the bodies to force him to expend a lot of energy on the defensive end, this game could turn into a route. I'll take Atlanta to win by 11 or more at plus 155. All right. Uh, for my lock, I'm going to go with let's go with the over in the Denver Nuggets in the Orlando Magic game. Um, should have mentioned this when we we're doing the handicap, but these are the two top teams to the over in non conference games Orlando 16 and 5 to the over 76.2%, Denver 11 and 5 to the over at 68.8% in non conference games. So um, I think that we talked about how great Denver's offense has been over the past week or so uh even beyond that um i think with or without jamal murray i think they're still going to be fine um we talked about how bad orlando's uh three-point defense has been over the past 10 games as well i think denver should have an advantage to that and i think orlando will get theirs um to to uh help get this over the total that number is currently sitting at uh two two thirty one and a half over on win bet so i'll take that as my lock for my dog um I think we're all in agreement that LeBron probably does not play here tonight, which again, we're probably going to pivot here to Anthony Davis. Uh, he burned me in the last game. Um, but again, that was for LeBron. He was just going for the scoring record in that game. Uh, I think that he bounces back here tonight. The trade rumors and everything should be behind him. Um, I'm going to go with him to get 30 plus points here tonight. That's sitting currently sitting at plus one fifteen. Go and take that up to um, 35 plus. I'm, believe it's plus 245 let me double check here um anthony davis 35 plus is at plus 320 actually here tonight uh so i I think it's a big anthony davis night here tonight uh for the la lakers so i'll go with the over in the orlando and denver game as my lock and then uh anthony davis 30 plus points here tonight plus 115 if you want to sprinkle on that plus 320 for 35 plus as well uh for him here tonight uh all right guys uh anything else that we need to mention before we get out of here we probably went about an hour and a half here breaking down all the trades uh some breaking news while we did this pod uh anything else scott we need to mention before we get out of here not really uh the nba got turned on its head in the span of about a day and we still got about two and a half hours left so we'll see what happens once again maybe we'll do a show after the trade deadline depending on how many insane deals are yet to come or that will be happening I'm not sure how many there will be, to be honest. I feel like most of the big deals have happened. Maybe Ananobi or Van Vliet, but 
No offense to them. I'm not sure that's worth a separate episode. So we'll see what happens in the next couple <laughs> hours. But either way, uh, no, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Besides that, uh, yeah, I actually will not be able to be on tomorrow's show. I got my flight back to New York. But I'll see you guys uh, next week. Uh, uh, Suns and Six, anything else? <laughs> Man, I just want to know you guys' opinion. So if uh, if Terrell's going for four first, then what are both of you guys going for in a trade market? I've seen somebody say that that rail got traded. Yeah, Terrell got traded to Action Network, apparently, uh, for future first-round picks for uh, 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 Terrell. I don't know. That's something that uh, we'll let the uh, experts handle and see what our <laughs> trade values are to these other organizations out there. But uh, Yeah, nothing else, man. Just, I think we have we both have no trade uh, clauses in our contracts with SGPN. I'll just say that much. <laughs> we'll have to approve our trades before we go anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow uh, for the NBA Gambling Podcast. If anything does significant transpire, we'll try to do a show later on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast Twitter account at SGPNNBA. Follow the uh, or make sure to subscribe to the YouTube account for NBA Gambling Podcast. Um, and again, make sure to follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Follow Scott on Twitter at Rice Show Radio and follow Delante on Twitter at XXLanteXX. And again, get over to the SGPN app for all the big game contests that are uh, going uh, on right now for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Everything is free to enter. Do us a favor, hit that like button before you guys get out of here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Like I mentioned, be careful with your picks here tonight. Again, like I mentioned, make sure to check those rosters. Make sure to check those starting lineups uh, because it is NBA trade deadline. Um, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da-da. 